Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports. On 95.7, the game. Come on! Yes, sir! Good morning, family. Game one in the books... The Warriors beat the Mavs 112 to 87. And I told you yesterday, I'm, I'm not I'm I'm just going to toot my own horn here. But yesterday I called it. You were going to see Moses Moody at some point in the game. Didn't specify whether it was going to be in garbage time or not, which it was because the Warriors had absolutely dominated the Mavs for at least Two quarters. I'd say, I'd say two and a half because the second, the third, the beginning of the first was a little shaky, but the second and the third were just absolutely dominant. But I got a couple of things that I do want to talk about here, as there's so much to get into. Of course, the Xfinity Mobile text line is triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. That's also the phone number. And if you want to hear something that I'm going to just constantly repeat today, it's that I'm not going to take too much stock from this game and carry it over into Game 2. Because the cliche goes that the playoffs are game by game, and that's the way that you got to take it. The Mavs, they've lost the first game of each series so far in the playoffs, but they're still here in the Western Conference Finals. There's a reason that they're here. It's not like the series just is one in one game. You can, yeah, I mean, we've seen it with the Warriors. You can jump to any conclusions you want, but I'm not going to. From I'm not going to based on this game. But I got to tell you, they were very impressive with what they did. Now, there's a lot to choose from, but I want to pick out one play because. We know about the defense on Luka, but really, it was the team defense to me that was just swarming the Mavs, and they didn't know what to do. 
And I think that this block from Clay Thompson, which Dinwiddie tried to argue, this block from Clay Thompson had exemplified what the Warriors are about on defense. Brunson leaves his feet, jump pass to Dinwiddie, good closeout by Clay Thompson in the left corner. Dinwiddie shot blocked by Clay with 2.1 to go on the shot clock. Dinwiddie wanted a foul. Yep. He got teed up right away, right in the face of James Capers. Now, it may not seem like much based on the call from Tim Roy. I know it doesn't pop like we normally want those calls to sound. How, normally how we want those calls to sound. And believe me, we'll get to a couple of those ones. We got a couple of highlights from Curry that I want to get into. But that block by Clay, what prefaced that cut? Because you hear it here. You hear the beginning where he just says Jalen Brunson with it. Brunson leaves his feet, jump pass to Dinwiddie. Good. Right? So you got Brunson with the jump pass to Dinwiddie. But if you look at the entirety of that play, if you go back and watch that Clay block, look at the way that Wiggins is guarding Luka, the way that Draymond is on Brunson, and then they try to get the switch so that they could take Wiggins away from him and put Steph on Luka... But the thing is, Draymond is the one that's back there playing free safety on Jalen Brunson. Steph is originally blocking, is originally guarding Reggie Bullock in the corner, and they had no choice other than to swing it to Jalen Brunson, who couldn't get a shot off because he was too heavily guarded. And then you get it to the corner to Dinwiddie and Clay Thompson playing some suffocating defense. He gets the block. They had no shot. That whole thing, I think, exemplify what the Warriors did because you got Draymond, who his first assignment was to guard Jalen Brunson. Then you got Andrew Wiggins, who was guarding Luka full court. He was on him essentially the entire night. He was fantastic. I was saying yesterday that the goal for the Warriors wasn't to, wasn't to stop Luka. You could only hope to contain him. And the way that you stop Luka is really, the way that we define stopping Luka is by holding him to somewhere in between 15 to 20 points because there's only been eight times during the entirety of the season in which Doncic has scored 20 or less. Only eight times in the regular season. And what did he score last night? 20 points on 18 shots, 3 of 10 from 3. And he also knocked down five free throws. So you could really think that he did he made he knocked down fifteen points just based on shooting alone, take away the free throws out of it. They were awesome. And they also got him into seven turnovers into that one. So if there's any if there's any definition of stopping Luca, I guess that'd be it. I guess that's the type of defense that you'd have. Maybe it's on the fine line there between stopping him and containing him. But they were Fantastic as a whole. The zone defenses that they were running. Uh, Jason Kidd and the rest of the team was listening to their post game on the way in here. And they said there wasn't a surprise. This wasn't anything new. We've seen zone defenses before. We've seen box and ones before. We've seen these 1-2-2 defenses before. Sure, we've seen a 3-2. But... The last game that Luca mentioned after the game, the last team that he said who threw a ton of different looks at him, were the Charlotte Hornets. When I'm thinking to myself, the Charlotte Hornets don't nearly have the individual defenders that the Warriors have. So no, maybe the Warriors weren't throwing anything new at them, but the defenders that they had with Clay, with Wiggins, with Dre, with the way that Steph's been playing defensively. And I haven't even mentioned Looney yet. Looney... 
Looney was, I agreed with Stan Van Gundy when I was watching the TNT broadcast, Looney was the first quarter MVP. Dude was grabbing offensive rebounds, he had a putback, he was getting assists, he was doing everything in that first quarter when nobody could. Now granted, it was a relatively ugly first quarter for the like of uh, Steph and Clay because they were combined 0 for 5 from 3 and obviously Steph missed those first two free throws which was just so uncharacteristic and ended the quarter 2 for 5. But going into the uh, going into the second quarter though the narrative around it was that the Mavs are shooting 16% from 3 yet they're only down by 8. The Mavs are shooting 16% from three, yet they're only down by 10. And I look on the other side, I'm like, okay, the Mavs right now, they're starting off the game shooting four for 24 from three. All right. Well, the Warriors are two for 12. So I'm looking at that game, and, and, and I wasn't surprised that they ended up getting a blowout because it didn't feel like anyone was playing poorly on the team. Like when they were on the court, it didn't feel like their minutes had impacted how they were playing. It felt like everybody was playing some good team basketball. It just so happened that the two greatest shooters that we've seen in Stephen Clay weren't knocking down those shots. Eventually, they'll start to get knocked down. And man, toward the end of the second quarter... I mean, toward the end of the first quarter, first off, let's just let's just play the, the block from Draymond. This was awesome. It's all up to Draymond to set the tone on defense, and he certainly did in the first quarter. Dinwiddie now gets Looney on a switch. Five-out series for Dallas. Skip past the corner. Finish spin. Blocked by Draymond. He came out of nowhere from the paint to swap that one away. Man, right at the end of the first quarter. And then, even so, to start the second, Steph and Clay really weren't knocking anything down. They might have been rushing some shots, but then you get to the back half of that second quarter as you're heading into halftime, and that's when things started to click, and that's when they started to dial it up, and that's when Steph started to get his shot back. Curry snags the rebound, pushes tempo. Comes up to the right, dribbling through a loony screen. Draws two defenders, gets to the corner, over the shoulder, throws it back out to half court. There's Draymond. Grabs it back to Curry for three. It's up and good! Curry relocated into a triple. Timeout Dallas. The Warriors take a 17-point lead. It's 64-47, to and they rise as one at Chase Center with 9.29 to go in the third quarter. Uh, and that's when they start off the second half going on, to ten, going on a 10-2 run, and it just didn't feel like... Anything could stop them. Clay started knocking down shots. He was hitting the mid range. Uh, Curry was rebounding the basketball like a madman, and one of those rebounds ended in an and one. Thompson will dribble to the paint, spins, hangs, fires short. Curry grabs another rebound. This is number twelve to the right sideline. He goes working on Finney Smith. Gets bumped. Shots on the way. Swish. Put him on the line. They weren't ready for it. They weren't ready for it, and they used primarily a seven-man rotation, and the game was out of reach at that point. But Jordan Poole, i got to mention these two guys, Jordan Poole and Otto Porter Jr. were fantastic. Poole, 19 points on 12 shots. He was efficient. He was smart with the basketball. I mean, as soon, from the get-go, as soon as he comes into the game, the first shot that he takes, he absolutely 
cooks Maxi Kleba, and then he does it later on in the third quarter, toward the end of the third quarter, again. And then Jordan Poole, of course, closes out the third quarter with that last-second shot at the buzzer, which was just a no-doubter. But it really wasn't what they did from three. It was what the Warriors did from mid-range. They were shooting 70% from two, and in the to start the game out, by the way, we're we're not taking nearly enough notice of this. The reason that the Warriors were still up by ten, it was just it was so much of it was so much of well, if the Mavs are shooting this poorly, imagine what it would look like if they didn't, you know, and and, and all this and all this sort of talk. But I'm sitting here looking at this, thinking, well, imagine if the Warriors knocked down some threes. They started off twelve of thirteen from two. Twelve of thirteen. Up till Poole missed a mid-range shot, and then it was 32-22 to 22 at that time. They were already up by 10. So they were shooting so well from mid-range. The talk wasn't, well, can you imagine if the Warriors maybe knocked down more threes? Then they'd be up by even more. It wasn't that. It was, wow, the Mavs, they're still, they're still within reaching distance, and they're only 4 for 25. I was getting very tired of that uh, throughout the broadcast, but that was just me. That was just me. That was just me nitpicking, as I as, as I tend to do. But there is one play that I do want to focus on as well, and this is from Clay Thompson. This showed that Clay Thompson understood uh, what was going on because with Clay, it felt like he was trying to maybe force things. Every now and then. And there was a play which was just totally broken. The war, the, the Mavs were playing some good defense. They got it out to Clay in the right wing. There looked like there was about five seconds left on the shot clock. And instead of just trying to put up a shot when he's going one-on-one with Reggie Bullock, he sees that there's an open lane, an open passing lane for Kavon Looney. So he dribbles up. He has enough time. He manages to find Kevon Looney, who's on the backdoor cut, and Looney goes in for the dunk. And I'm thinking, man, Clay really understands. Like he, it, it didn't seem like he was trying to shoot himself out of the slump. It felt like, because that was in the third quarter, it felt like he understood, all right, I'm not going to try and force this thing. I'm not having a good shooting night. I'm going to try and get the pass off instead. And it ended in an assist. Right, right toward the end of the shot clock. So I was a big fan of that play. There was a lot to like from this game. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the Xfinity Mobile text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. But I want to focus on Andrew Wiggins coming up next. We're gonna to get to what Steve Kerr, Steph, everyone had to say about Wiggins and the job that he did, not only on Luka Doncic but also on the offensive side as well. We'll get to all of that next. Stephen Langford and on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Good morning, everybody. Stephen Langford in, talking game one, 112-87. Warriors beat the Mavs. Just an unbelievable showing in game one for the Warriors. I'm going to start off every segment with this. And I think the text line here actually puts this perfectly at the Xfinity mobile text line at 888-957-9570. But from the 510. Great win. The dub showed that they can absolutely win it all this year. Hang on. Wait, no, not that one. Damn it. 650. Excuse me. It's the 650. I'll get to yours, 510. All right, I'll get to yours. I'm sorry. But I want to read the 650 one first. Series just started. Great start, but both teams should not get too high or get too low. Great start to the Warriors, no doubt. Calling a gentleman's sweep. See, I can't make any forward proclamation about this series. Like, I don't even want to say after this one, Warriors in five or Warriors in six or, or whatever. I told you, Warriors of seven before, and I'm going to stick to that because teams are just different on the road, especially the Mavs, and they're a very good home team. So I want to see if the Warriors win on the road first. Now, maybe, you know, that'd be by the time the third game comes around, and then you can get a good idea of what the series is going to look like at that point. But that's just where I'm at. I just don't think I can look at this and say, oh yeah, the Warriors are automatically sweeping this team. The Warriors are winning in five. I just can't change my Warriors in seven based on one game alone. But this one game, man, did they look impressive. They held Luka Doncic to 20 points, and the primary reason for that was the defense that Andrew Wiggins played on him one-on-one, picking him up full court. And before we get to uh, what Steve Kerr and Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins also had to say, plus Clay, we'll get to everything they had to say about Wiggins uh, coming up here, but I want to get to some of your texts from the from the 510. Great win. The dub showed that they can absolutely win it all this year. See, I told you 510. I'm getting to this one. Having said that, my deep fear is that they will ease off the gas and let Dallas right back into this thing. We've seen that all season, and if we're being honest, unfortunately, that is part of this core's DNA, too. You know... I can't count. I can't say the same thing for the regular season as I can the playoffs. Like, I haven't seen them take their foot off the gas... 
that's such a strong ter- that, that's such a strong phrase to use. Like in that last series, they, it's not like they got cocky against the Grizzlies when they lost. It just so happened that John Morant decided to take over in the fourth quarter while the Warriors started missing some crucial shots while he's going on a run where he scores the last Grizzlies eighteen points or whatever it was. And then in that game, uh, in that game five. That was just a case of... I mean, you want to talk about the Warriors letting the foot off the gas. The only reason they did was in Game 5 because they weren't going to chase wins. Like, Steve Kerr and Mike Brown talked about that in that Game 5 loss. He said, Mike Brown was saying it all the time, that him and Steve Kerr basically said that, look, if you guys are losing by a large margin, there's no need to try and chase that win and use up our starters. We still got two more games to go in this thing. We can still win the series even if we lose this game five. That's what being up. Uh, that, that's what being up three one. That's what the that's the luxury it gives you. So that's the only time I've seen them take their foot off the gas. I don't. I don't know. Game four was different because you know John ended up getting hurt and they had to go with a totally different game plan. So I don't know if I've seen that so far uh, with this team yet. You know, we, I mean, we didn't really see it with the Nuggets either. I think that was just a case of, you know, losing on the road. And it's really tar- it's really hard to uh, win a closeout game, especially a sweep on the road. So I haven't really seen that so far, these playoffs. But I understand your concern. I can get that. I can understand that. But it's a game-by-game thing. And you really never know. And the 925 said it perfectly. I, I hate making predictions, but you just got to go game-by-game. But... Here's where I want to get to, and, and the caller who called in, I'll get to you in just a second. Uh, but it's Andrew Wiggins, because the start of the game for Stephen Clay uh, wasn't all too pretty, especially in the first quarter. They were both um, 0 for from 3. They were 0-5 total and then uh, from 3, and then 1 of 6 overall. And then, of course, Steph missed those uh, three free throws. So, really, it was just not a good look. They scored four points between the two of them in the first quarter, and Steph had played the entirety of the first. But Andrew Wiggins in the first quarter, 11 minutes, 10 points. He had a couple of rebounds, and he was guarding Doncic right from the get-go. And I just want to play this one highlight from Wiggins. I could be wrong. I try to find... I I watch these games as much as I possibly can and find all the nuances. I don't know if I've seen this from Wiggins all that much. The floater that he had in the first quarter? Wiggins off a pick. Gets Doncic. Goes right by him. Takes the floater in between a tough 14-footer outside the paint. Makes it 24-18 Golden State. Wiggins now with 10. He got a little extra juice in his game today. Yes, he does. how, How often have we seen Wiggins with that little floater, with that little teardrop? Bloop! I haven't seen that from him too much. I want to see that more. I loved that from Wiggins to start the game. But he's maintaining his aggression, going to the hoop. And he said the key was, now he's not much of a talker, but the defense that he plays, it's what fuels his offense. Defense helps fuel my offense. That helps me get going. All right, maybe I could have just said that instead of playing the clip. Whatever, I pretty much said it verbatim. But it's true. And the defense that he was playing on Luka, I can't wait to get the actual uh, matchup tracking stats from NBA.com. They still haven't released them yet. But Luka was held to 20 points. He was only held to 20 points or less eight times throughout the entirety of the season. Of course, hasn't been held to under 20 points throughout this postseason. This was the worst game for the playoffs for Luka Doncic so far. So they were playing some fantastic defense on him. But overall... 
Toward the end of the game, 11 of 48, the Mavs shot from three, 23%. So it wasn't just the defense on Doncic, it was the defense on the entire team, but along with Draymond, Wiggins had set the tone defensively and was helping anchor that zone defense that they were running and the communication between the team, everything. It was just working so well, but Andrew Wiggins was the headliner. Here's what Steve Kerr had to say after the game. I thought Wiggs was fantastic. You know, Doncic is as difficult a cover as there is in this league, and uh, we just asked Wiggs to, you know, to try to hound him and guard him as as best as he could, stay in front and uh, try to keep the pressure on him, and he did a fantastic Fantastic job. So Wiggs is just a, a huge part of our defense and our team. I thought he was great offensively as well. So great night for Andrew. There are a lot of roles that Wiggins has to play for this team. Like we ask a lot of Andrew Wiggins. We we really do. And for the amount of money that he's being paid, I think it's rightfully so. But we're asking him in this, in this game to guard Doncic on defense, which is just about as tough an assignment you can you can get. I know guarding Ja Moran is not easy, and certainly not guarding Nikola Jokic, but Wiggins was supposed to be the primary guy here on Doncic. It was going to be his assignment. But at the same time, you're also asking him, asking him to maintain the aggression that we've seen on offense. You need him to get rebounds, and also you need him to knock down the open three, and he did all of that in this last game. Now, granted, It wasn't like he was going on a rebounding tear, but still he grabbed five boards, which is just about the average for Andrew Wiggins and what we've seen from him. But also, the three-pointers. And what he did yesterday from three, he was three of eight overall, which is not great, but those three that he knocked down, they were open looks that came at the perfect time. When Draymond and Steph run their little 1-4 pick and roll, which is fantastic. Well, if it's well-guarded and maybe they blitz Steph and Draymond, there's a help defender who's going to guard Draymond from trying to get the layup, there's always going to be in that situation an open Wiggins, depending on which side of the court you're on. You're always going to see him open beyond the three-point line around the wing. And he has to knock down that shot if the ball gets to him. We've seen it so much through this season, and he did that last night. He was just awesome on all sides. Uh, but Curry talked about Wiggins' defense on Luka. He took the challenge, and, and Luka's tough, man. Like He still finds a way to control possessions. You got to assume he'll shoot a little bit better. But Wiggs was relentless every possession he was out there on him. That's all we really want. Like Even if Luka has his numbers, you just want him, at the end of the day, feel like he had to work for everything he got and not give him anything easy. We have to be able to help him on the backside, our rotations, and they want to try to bring you know, me and JP into the pick and rolls, communicate the Wigs, let him know where it's coming from and be on a string. But that point of attack, Wigs is awesome. And he's showing what he's capable of on that end of the floor. I'm telling you, if you come in the next morning and you, you listen to this station and you listen from five to six, this is going to be, you're not going to get this type of key anywhere else. You're not going to get this type of indicator that the Warriors had won the game. But you know when the Warriors are playing well? You know when it's going well against Luka? It's because we hadn't seen the slow-mo replay where he knocks down a step-back three over somebody 
And then they show the slow-mo of him backpedaling to the other end of the court, smiling and winking at his teammates. Like, I got you. You didn't see that last night. You know the Warriors got to win if you didn't see that. Now, if you start to see the slow-mo replay with Luka, Warriors are in trouble. You're not going to get that type of analysis anywhere else. I'm telling you, that slow-mo replay, you want to avoid that at all costs. But the way that Andrew Wiggins was guarding him, I mean, how could there have been a slow-mo replay? There there just couldn't have been. And I'm going to play this for you one more time. And and I think it just speaks to the team defense that they were playing. I played this at the top of the show, but I want to play it once more. This clay block in the corner on Spencer Dinwiddie. Brunson leaves his feet, jump pass to Dinwiddie, good closeout by Clay Thompson in the left corner. Dinwiddie shot blocked by Clay with 2.1 to go in the shot clock. Dinwiddie wanted a foul. He got teed up right away, right in the face of James Capers. It all started with Andrew Wiggins, and then it trickled down to Draymond Green and Stephen Curry, and then all the way down to Klay Thompson and making that block. That play, it just spoke to the type of defense that the Warriors were playing all night, which was just suffocating, not letting them get open looks after the first quarter. They certainly got their looks in the first quarter, don't get me wrong. They were missing a ton of shots, but toward the end of the second quarter, into the third quarter, the Mavs just had no chance about with, with what the Warriors were throwing at them, including Andrew Wiggins. And before we get out of here, I just want to play one more. You got to hear from Clay Thompson whenever Clay Thompson speaks at the mic. So here's what he had to say about Wiggins. I mean, Andrew was incredible tonight. Can't say enough good things about him. He makes my job so much easier. I don't have to check the best player every night and again, especially for what I've been through. It's a nice change of pace, but he um, just doesn't seem to get tired. And his outside shot is also greatly improved, and he's just coming into his own. Think about how crucial that is with what Clay said at the beginning there. He doesn't have to pick up the best player. Wiggins can take up that slack. Man, we thought back after, you know, after that uh, after those dynastic years in the the past couple of seasons, you know, we were wondering with Andrew Wiggins how's he going to fit with Clay and the optimistic side of it was, well, if he turns into the defender that the Warriors think they could turn him into, then he's going to relieve some of that pressure from Clay. And you're seeing it in game 1 of the Western Conference Finals. It all comes full circle. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, this this sport of basketball. Kind of love it. All right, 888 That's the Xfinity mobile text line and the phone number. I see there's a caller on hold. We'll get to you on the other side. I'll get your name and where you're calling from at the break. But want to continue to break this game down. 888 Stephen Lankford in on the pregame show. After a game one win on 95.7 of the game. Curry snags the rebound, pushes tempo, comes up to the right, dribbling through a loony screen, draws two defenders, gets to the corner, over the shoulder, throws it back out to half court, there's Draymond, grabs it back to Curry for three, it's up and good, Curry relocated into a triple, timeout Dallas, the Warriors take a 17 point lead, it's 64 to 47, and they rise as one, and chase it with 9.29 to go in the third quarter. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Even with the issue that has been the turnovers, even with Steph maybe not having the greatest shooting night, he still gets in a situation where there's a real chance of a turnover, doesn't turn the ball over, there's a real chance of him missing the shot, doesn't miss the shot, knocks that one in. 
Warriors go on a 10-2 run to start out the second half, and it's all history from there. The defense on the Mavs was suffocating. They could not come back as the Warriors take Game 1, 112-87. And shout-out to Tim Roy on the call. Now, we got a couple of East Coasters on the line. My man Charlie in New York, as well as Mitch in New Jersey, and we'll get to them. But Xfinity Mobile text line at 888-957-9570. From the 408, Looney was the man, really stepped up in this game. Looney was just, Looney was awesome in the first half. And if you want to talk about why the Warriors had a 10-point lead, it wasn't... It, it, granted, I do... The, the Mavs were missing shots. I'll give the broadcast that. But there were other reasons, too. It was because Looney was rebounding the ball well. It was because Wiggins was knocking down every shot that he was taking. And because of the great defense that was played on the, on Luka, at least, leaving the other guys open. And the other guys were just missing it, whether it was Jalen Brunson or uh, Reggie Bullock or Maxi Kleba. When Kleba ended up coming into it into the game, I don't think you're going to see uh, another one-for-four night from him when he's been averaging 50% from three in these playoffs. You could be seeing a different Mavs team. You're going to be seeing a different Mavs team in Game 2, and if they knock down some shots, it it changes the momentum of the game. But I did feel that uh, both Wiggins and Looney were keeping the team afloat. And then the 9-2-5, the 9-5-2, rather. Wow. Jordan Poole, X-Factor, Dub Nation, and Jordan Poole. When Jordan Poole was in the game, I mean, he was just creating any shot that he wanted. He was just so crafty, so confident. But you also got to wait to see what happens with, you know, games four through whatever. Once we make it past the first three, it seems like that's been Jordan Poole's strength. And then when we get to, you know, games four, games five, and, and, and six, that's when Jordan Poole starts slowing down a little bit or the defense starts to slow Jordan Poole uh, down. So I expect the same thing out of Jordan Poole in game one, in game two. I really do. That's the pattern that we've seen so far in these playoffs. I want to see what he does after that, though. But Yes. Fantastic from Jordan Poole. Overall, 8 of 12 from the field. 19 points. And the Warriors overall, they had 15 turnovers. 15 turnovers. And I got a text here earlier saying that the turnovers are still an issue. But the turnovers have always been an issue. It almost feels like 15 turnovers is a good night for the Warriors. It really does. Like, 15 turnovers really not all that much when you think about it. They would get 15 turnovers in the first half easily in these previous games. It would be really bad. Still, you got to clean some of them up, no doubt. But, you know, these turnovers are bound to happen, and the Warriors still got the 112-87 to win, so... If we're going to complain about turnovers, fine, but, I mean, it's just, what if they, I I don't know. The the turnover thing, it starts to become, it starts to get a little old after a while because we hear it throughout the regular season. They got to improve on the turnovers. They got to improve on turnovers. Well, of course they do. But with the amount that they move the ball, turnovers are bound to happen every now and then. It's just not letting them get to them early. Turning the ball over early was a big factor in that uh, in the last uh, in the last series. Again, like I mentioned, in the second half, they were tied overall with the Grizzlies, 38 turnovers in the second half in total throughout the entire series. It was the first half where the Warriors really hurt themselves with turnovers, but they only had two in the first quarter yesterday. Then they ended up having four in the second quarter, which is something you do want to improve on. But only five turnovers at half? 
I'd say that's an improvement. I'd say that's an improvement. And then also, can't can't forget the fourth quarter and the fact that it was Kaminga, Lee, Moody, Bielitsa, all those guys coming in, and they had themselves some turnovers as well. There were five in total in the first quarter, so or in the fourth quarter, rather. So overall, I thought it was a pretty good night as far as turning the ball over is concerned. But let's get to Charlie in New York who wants to weigh in. If you want to as well, 888-957-9570, please feel free. But Charlie in New York, what's going on? Hey, what's up, Steve? How you doing? Um, just, yeah, just to follow up on what you're saying, a few other observations. Yeah, it, it, uh, what, what I noticed with the turnovers, like you said, there were only two in the first quarter, five after the game was decided, and I don't know if there's good turnovers, but in the previous two series, they made a lot of dumb, bad turnovers, and outside of maybe a couple that stood out, one where Curry sort of threw it where, to where Looney was and he wasn't there, uh, overall, their turnover I, more than acceptable. Hot start. Uh, finally, they started a game playing really well. Um, if you're going to start Looney and Draymond, I, I said it on the, the Saturday show with JD. Looney, uh, Draymond has to give us about ten points, uh, ten, eight to twelve points, and, and he did last night. I think he finished with ten or eleven points. Um, uh, what am I? A couple. Of, uh, you can rarely say this in a series or a game, but the Warriors are the more physical team. Um, Dallas, they lost mm-hmm. game one in the previous two series, so you don't want to write them off. I would never write them off, but there's just what they're lacking is a second superstar, and it's clear. You could see it on the court. Now, obviously, they missed a lot of shots yesterday, and I think going forward, they will hit their shots, but the Warriors just have an advantage of a uh, 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 just in every outside of Luca, in every other position. Um, two more points. Uh, yeah, I think Kerr being back on the court made uh, their offense look. Uh, maybe it was the four days off too, but their, their offense looked crisper and just flowed nicer. Love that word, crisp, that was- Charlie. That's my favorite word to use to describe passing. Anyway, keep going. Sorry. Uh, so I don't know if that was Kerr's presence or not, but I, I would like to tri- contribute to that. Hmm. And also, finally, and not on a dour note, <laughs> a sour note, um, oh, should we be concerned about Steph's free throw shooting? Because even the ones he hits are like banging, like clanking off the uh, the, the, the the cylinder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not. So th- that's a question I'm throwing out there, and I'll listen to what you have to say. I, I'm I, I don't want to say he has the yips, but there's certain of this has been going on long enough where right. I'm taking pause. Anyway, I'll keep listening, Steve. Sorry, no, I, pre- I appreciate the phone call, Charlie, and, and I'll, I'll get to a few of those other points. But just on that last question, I was actually thinking about this last night as he was uh, as he was missing those uh, as he was missing those free throws. I actually got to I got to pull up the number to see what he's shooting um, overall from the free throw line. Uh, but last night he was uh, he was four of seven, so he started out two of five. And ended up picking it up uh, a little later on in the uh, in the game, and ended up going, um, you know, perfect the rest of the way. So he was four for seven. Here's where I'm at with Steph and the free throw shooting. Actually, give me give me a, give me a couple of seconds here. This is you know this is just what happens. This is what happens when you're uh, you know you're doing the show on your own and you got to do this thing. So from the free throw line, he's shooting 
79%, and you can round that up to 80 if you want. It's actually, if you want to go particular with it, it's 795 from the free throw from the free throw line in terms of its percentage. So you can put it up or down. I don't know. I'm more of a glass half full guy, so I'm going to put it at 80%. But to answer your question, Charlie, am I concerned about Steph's free throws? I'm never going to be concerned about Steph's free throw shooting until the last game of the season. Like, that's that's where I'm at. I'm never going to be concerned about it. Of course, it's something where it's it's out of the ordinary. We're just not used to seeing Steph knock down free throws in an 80% clip. But beforehand, we'd seen Steph struggle from free throws. We've seen him struggle from the line. But then he'll follow it up with a night where he goes 13 of 14. 13 of 14. Like, so... We get worried about these things, and I understand where the concern is. And, you know, I I think Reggie Miller and Stan Van Gundy just totally escalated it yesterday. Well, not so much much Stan Van Gundy, more so Reggie Miller. It's just every single missed free throw. How many times is Reggie Miller going to have to tell us, he's the best shooter ever, and he's missing these free throws? What is going on? It was so frustrating. It's like, Reggie, calm down. It's fine. So, me personally, I'm not going to be concerned about it until the last game of the season and it comes down to free throws where he needs to knock them down. Like, that's really when I'll be concerned for Steph's free throws. Other than that, I'm good. <laughs> like, 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 you know, just that's just my perspective. I'm not going to be too, too worried about it. Um, but although I will say, I've never seen this is the first time that I've ever seen this in Steph's career. I have never seen him get inside his own head from the line after he missed the first three or whatever it was and you saw Draymond mic'd up and Draymond had to go tell him like look dude don't stop thinking about it get out of your head it's all good you're gonna knock these down that is the first time we've ever seen that I, I, it is the first time we've ever seen Steph just look concerned for his shooting so I get that but personally I'm not going to be like, that's just where I'm at. I'm not going to be. All right, let's get to the next caller here at 888-957-9570. Mitch in New Jersey dropped off, but someone else called back. Is this Mitch in New Jersey again? Oh, jeez, you should be a detective, Steve. <laughs> you should be a detective. How you doing? I'm good, man. How you doing, Mitch? What do you think? Pretty good. Uh, I mean, how did Dallas get to the finals? I mean, Luca is playing with a bunch of stiffs other than Brunson. I mean, Powell, Bullock, Bullock. I mean, he's the next Clipper. I should know, right? Uh, Looney, he's reminding me a little bit of Dennis Rodman. Incredible. And you're making your best play, your superstar, Curry. He shouldn't be doing it in third way. He shouldn't have the most rebounds. But Looney, him and Thompson, that was a great uh, can there, getting themselves a sit so bad. I like that part um, yeah. when I was watching it. You know, they, they start these games too late. I'm sorry. I'm on East Coast here. Make a few phone calls, Steve. Don't yeah. start the games early, all right? Thanks a lot. Yeah, appreciate you. Um, so Looney was just fantastic in this game. We'll get to Looney in just a second. But as far as you know, Luca and playing with a bunch of stiffs, I don't know if I could call them that. Overall, as a team, I think they are pretty talented. I could see where you're coming from. Is how'd they make the West? How'd they make the Western Conference Finals? But 
You know, Dorian Finney-Smith is a very good two-way wing player. Uh, you did mention Jalen Brunson. You said besides Jalen Brunson. I thought they did a fantastic job on Brunson, by the way, holding him to 14 points on 16 shots. He was 0-5 from three. Now, granted, some of those threes were wide open, and he just missed them. I mean, if like if that one play that I talked about, the clay block on Dinwiddie, where it was just full-team defense that, that just forced the block... From on clay or from clay rather, the Lord trying to get my words out today is impossible. Stayed up late. Uh, no, I didn't. But on the other side, the Mavs missing like three just wide open shots. Even the ball kept bouncing right back into their hands. Like that was that personified the Mavs and what they did in this game. It was a microcosm of what they did in this game. But I thought they played pretty well on Jalen Brunson. They're not all a bunch of stiffs. Uh, Maxi Kleba has been great this series. Spencer Dinwiddie is a nice piece off the bench. And this time, like what you saw in, in each of these games, you know, you, you got your matchups and everything. But as far as the roles that they need to play, they're relatively similar. You know, you you do want. I mean, I know Luca's the primary ball handler, but um, and he's the one that creates everything for their team. But you want Luca against Steph. If you look at, if you're telling me who had the better game, Luca versus Steph, it'd be Steph. If you're telling me who had the better game between Andrew Wiggins and Dorian Finney-Smith, both guys playing the same position and need to play the same role, I'd say Andrew Wiggins by a mile. And you need Andrew Wiggins actually to take more shots than than Dorian Finney-Smith. So it is a little different from that perspective. Um, Draymond had a better game than Reggie Bullock. Bullock had 12 points on 12 shots. And then between Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleba, one thing we didn't talk about too much from the regular season was how early Dwight Powell would get going and open things up for the three-point shooters because it would force the Warriors to guard the paint. I I thought last night, just top to bottom, the Warriors were dominant. And then, you know, you just look at the matchups, it worked out perfectly. So I get where you're coming from, but in the end, they made the finals because they knocked down their open threes, and they didn't do that a lot last night. That's why. That's why. But the reason that the Warriors are here, there's no mistaking it. It's based on the defense. And really, I know you get sentimental from time to time, but just thinking about Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, Clay Thompson, and Kevon Looney and where they were at in their career, and just the way that we talked about them throughout the season leading up till now. Like, Wiggins... A little inconsistent. First half of the year, pre-All-Star break, he was awesome. And then toward the end, leading into the All-Star break, then after the All-Star break, he wasn't as good. He was kind of just floating around. He was still playing good defense every now and then, but he wasn't being aggressive. He wasn't knocking down shots. He wasn't trying to take over games if other guys weren't shooting well. But now look at him. He's guarding Doncic one-on-one, and they held him overall to 20 points. It's the ninth time that's been done this season, and that's all regular season games combined, holding him to 20 points or less. It's damn near impossible to do. And he hasn't done it hasn't been done in this postseason. Jordan Poole, going back all the way to last year, being sent to the G League, then coming back the game before the All-Star break against the Phoenix Suns, showing a different version of Jordan Poole. Then throughout this year, trying to convince people that he's a star on this team. It took a little while. 
I mean, at first it was a lot of Jordan Poole's trying to play too much hero ball. I don't know if he fits in well with this team, blah, 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 blah. And now look at him and what he did from the bench. Kevon Looney. Kevon Looney, we were wondering during the regular season like if he's a liability on the court. We were wondering that because he wasn't grabbing rebounds at the rate that he's grabbing them right now. He wasn't playing the defense that he's playing right now as a big man who's 6'9", 6'10". And then Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson coming back and just looking as comfortable as ever. There's just a lot you can look back on from this from this game one win and just think, damn, can't believe they did that. But still, it's a long series, and I don't want to get too ahead of myself. I'm not going to make any sort of series prediction, but I, I thought it was just an awesome night overall uh, for the Warriors. Now, uh, Steve Kerr. He talked about the defense. The defense was the the star of this game. We can talk about the shooting, and we could talk about the rebounding. Steph Curry leading the team with 12 rebounds. The ball was just bouncing his way in this one, and one of those offensive rebounds ended up leading to his own and one. How often can we can we say that about a guard? But the defense is what we're talking about today, and, and that's a big reason as to why they won this game one. And it was the zone defense that they were throwing out there. A lot of different looks. A lot of different looks on Luka. And I don't know, the team said they were ready for it. And something that Charlie mentioned, actually, when he called in, he said that the Warriors just were the more physical team, and he was surprised by that. That's exactly what Jason Kidd and, and Luka and Jalen Brunson, all of them said after the game. All of them echoed the same sentiment, which was, look, we've seen zone defenses before. We've seen that. That was nothing new. We knew they were going to throw that at us. Multiple defenses in one possession, by the way, depending on where the ball was going to go. Just switching things up in the middle of the play. But it was the physicality that took them over, and that's why the Warriors were so good on defense. And then Steve Kerr talked about that after the game, talking about that zone defense. You can't do the same thing with, with Doncic every possession. you got to be able to mix it up. He's too good. And so we, we tried to do some of that. You know, one game, we did a, an excellent job defensively, but we're under no illusion that uh, we've figured anything out. We just played really hard and competed and tried to contest shots. But, you know, there's a good chance those shots start going in next game, so we've just got to stay committed and and stay aggressive, play with force, and see what happens. And then one more, just talking about how they contested those three-point shots. They spread you out dramatically. I mean, they took 48 threes. It's hard to cover all that ground, so it requires a, a ton of effort. And for the most part, that effort was there. You know, we really contested shots well and tried to challenge everything we could. It, it was a matter of just playing with a lot of force and, you know, really bringing the effort. This is from Tamir in Oakland. This is great from the 510. Dallas defense nowhere near as physical as Memphis, and you can see that. Like I said before, yes, Dallas will get those open shots at three, but those legs are heavy when chasing Steph, Clay, and Poole around. That's Tamir. You know, it's funny thinking about that. Actually, who is what a I mean, Dinwiddie and I gotta I gotta look up the ages of these guys. But I don't know how many players the Mavs have on the other side of thirty. But the fact that you're saying that, Samir, and I, I do believe that, like the fact that these younger players can't keep up with the likes of Steph and Clay, who's just coming off back-to-back injuries, all these guys who have been in the league for years. I, I do think Dallas's defense will change, though. I really do. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to write them off just yet. 
I don't think they were fully prepared for game one. Anyone see that? Uh, we're, we're, I'm not going to harp on it too much. I actually think it's it's pretty cool seeing this. But did anyone see the the video or the photo yesterday that circulated the interwebs of Luka Doncic and Boban Marjanovic having a beer? <laughs> oh man, I don't know what restaurant they were at, but I heard Cowherd try and talk about it. He said, "Oh, it's a hazy IPA or a pale ale," and I'm like, "Dude, it's just a it's just a lager. You can tell it's not a hazy or a pale ale. Easy there." Um, but man, I, I thought uh, I thought overall it was just a good team game. Like that was my assessment of it. Even when the Warriors were missing these shots, you know, going into half, it didn't feel like anyone had played a poor game. Didn't feel like anybody was you know giving them some poor minutes. Everybody was playing some good, solid team basketball. It just so happened that the three pointers from the stars weren't falling because the mid range jumpers certainly will. The floaters from from Wiggins, the the passing from Looney. By the way, there are a couple of nice passes that he made early in that game, and then the deep two from Looney. Did anyone else get up off their couch when Looney hit the deep two? Favorite shot of the night. By far. Looney with the deep two. Is that Carmelo Looney? From the 510, uh, or excuse me, from the uh, 925. No, where was it? Where was the one? I want to I want to I want to get this. Come on, where was it? Damn. Damn, I can't find it. Oh, there was one who was talking about Charles Barkley and the the crowd after the game chanting Barkley sucks, Barkley sucks. I enjoy that rivalry personally. There's some people are getting the text line said they were getting uh, uh, getting irritated by it. You know, they said they said they're they're not a fan of how Barkley is. You know, just crapping all over San Francisco. He's he's just you know what he say? He said uh, uh he uh man what did what did Ern- how did Ernie set him up? He said uh said you know uh, Chuck you took a you took a disliking to San Francisco. You said that on the air the other day, and and you know Chuck's like. No, I don't have a disliking for San Francisco. I hate San Francisco, and then the crowd goes crazy. I love that. I, I personally love it. I don't. I don't get irritated by it. I think it's funny when you know one guy's kind of trying to play the villain role, and Charles Barkley has always been that uh, for the Warriors. And again, like, don't take it so serious. It's okay. It's fine. Like if, if Barkley says that, it's okay. All right. It's no sweat off. It's no sweat off our backs. It's okay. It's fine. It's just Charles Barkley playing the Charles Barkley role. But, man, I want to see them replicate this in Game 2 if they can. Um, the Warriors are a different team at Chase Center. They just are. And Chase Center, I don't know how it was in the arena. I wasn't there. I was watching uh, I was watching on uh, I was watching on TV, obviously. But it felt like the crowd was loud in this game. And they had an impact. And I really think, out of all the guys that feed off it, I really think Jordan Poole does. I think Jordan Poole is one of the best Warriors at home, and that's even without looking at any of the statistics or anything. It just feels like Jordan Poole's a totally different player uh, at Chase Center, and I want to see them replicate that in Game 2, but not going to write off the Mavericks just yet. Got a lot to look forward to here. It's going to be a long series, in my opinion, or it could be a short one. You never know. But this thing is game by game, as every playoff series is. We just got to take it for what it is and soak in this win and just go back and watch some of the highlights, some of the team defense that the Warriors played. Just unbelievable. Again, I implore you, go watch that clay block and go watch that entire sequence that led to the clay block on Didwitty late in the game. Or, excuse me, 
toward the end of the second quarter. We'll get to all that coming up tomorrow. Bonte Hill, Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky, the Morning Roast, they're coming up next. we got me and producer Sam Lubman behind the glass for the next three hours. And as always, go sports. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.